Welcome to Marvel Cinematic University, the podcast where we cover all things in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We are here today for a Loki mailbag after reviewing all the episodes of Loki. If you are catching up, definitely check up all our uh, recaps. It was a really fun time. A lot of great guests, a lot of great conversation for maybe our favorite of the uh, of the Disney Plus series. But yeah, definitely check that out. Um, I'm going to just introduce our panel. We're the core three for the mailbag. Oh, and I think we have a guest in the background for one of them. I'm going to cut to him first. Anthony Canton III with a little Josiah cameos in the background. How are you, buddy? I'm good. Not too bad. Can't complain. You know, I'm dad duty while I'm doing this. So there <laughs> is going to be some Doctor Strange wizardry going on here. Uh, uh, this, this is where you have to split apart into many Cantons, like Canton the 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th. Uh, just to make this happen. And of course, super producer Jay Christie. How are you, buddy? I'm doing really well. Uh, you know, feeling good about this episode, feeling good about Loki. You just, you know, in a good place about this show. Great place. Great place. And yeah, as mentioned, this is a mailbag. Uh, so we got a lot of questions from Twitter, from our DMs, from the email, uh, from Discord, a Discord that is part of our Patreon. If you have not joined that yet, it's patreon.com slash mcuniversitypod. Uh, to all the people who have submitted questions today and all of those, of course, who have subscribed and been a part of it, thank you once again for your support. And yeah, for anyone who is interested, definitely join along too. But before we take those questions... We had some questions for ourselves about this series. And boy, I, I don't even know if there was a more exciting day for MC University Pod than today, because we got to ask those questions about Loki to director and executive producer Kate Heron. You know what, Jake? Let's just get right to it right now. Insert that clip right here. Director and executive producer of Loki, first season of Loki, Kate Heron, thank you so much for joining us. We could not uh, stop with the amount of praise that we have for the show. We've had such a fun time and honestly, so many questions coming out of it, especially that mm -hmm. finale. But I think, you know what, let's just get straight into it because obviously we're not the TVA. We don't, we can't work with all the time in the world. AC, why don't you lead us off with our first fresh out of the finale question? Right, absolutely, Kate. So I, I just wanted to get into the finale aspect. You only have one week with Jonathan Majors and you have this great finale. You have the story all set up. Take me inside your mindset as you have the perfect story, but then the execution, everything that goes into that. Yeah, so basically once we cast Jonathan, I spoke to him on the phone and like Zoom quite a few times. And I think when he was in the middle of filming another project, but we managed to do like a kind of Zoom, like read basically with the two, you know, with Tom and Sophia. So they did, we just to read it once. And so they could like break the ice and we'll meet each other. Even if it was on video chat, I figured it would be better. Um, yeah. And then me and him just spoke a lot on the phone, honestly. And like, he sent me some music when he was thinking about the character, which was really fun just to get into where his mindset was at. And yeah, I think really the thing me and him spoke about a lot was sort of the more psychology of the character before we got to set. And then once we were on set, it was more just about letting him play, really, and kind of creating an environment where, like with any actor, they don't want to feel the, you know, they're up against the clock or because obviously we did film it in quite a short amount of time and just that they feel like they can try out stuff and yeah, we can kind of play around with it a bit. But I think the funnest thing really that me and him spoke about was kind of where he who remains might be lying where he wouldn't be lying because it's that fun thing with the audience, right? Is that 
some of the audience, you definitely want to be on Sylvie's side and be like, oh, he's a liar. But then some of Loki being like, I don't think he is though. Um, which I think is really, was like a, such a tightrope to kind of tread in that sense. So yeah, and I think honestly, other than that, it was just because it's a big long conversational piece. It's like working out in the blocking, you know? And I remember when we were blocking it, like Jonathan jumped up on the desk and I was like, oh, this is great. And like Autumn, my DP <laughs> is like hurriedly moving the camera back. She's like, move it back, move it back. Um, but but that was so exciting to me because it's almost like the full stop to his kind of you know his story and then when he jumps down he then kind of it tells them the truth when he's like you know if you think I'm evil wait till you meet my variants and I think you kind of needed that moment for like the breath and then it's like he's drawing you in again so yeah so I think it was a lot of fun working with him uh, you know it's fun just is such a perfect description because it was such a vibrant performance and you mentioned just there I have to ask do you remember any of the songs like you said he sent you music like what what would be the song in your mind that would have represented what we saw in the final uh performance oh do you know what i wouldn't want to say only because like i Fair. don't know you know because yeah if he was talking about it then i totally would but i hear you if he send them to me i would leave them like sacred just in case they're like you I, know, I, I think we're, what we're gonna do over here on our end yeah. is we're just gonna make our own playlist of what we think encapsulates <laughs> all the different sides <laughs> to gang yeah. your remains jay go ahead so I, one of my favorite elements of the show was the relationship between Loki and Sylvie. Duh, that's kind of obvious. But I think a thing that was really remarkable about it is how it felt like a regular romantic subplot and you weren't constantly being like, oh my God, this is gross. He's basically flirting with himself. And I yeah. want to know how cognizant you were of that on set to make sure that it felt really authentic and people wouldn't be taken out of it by the bizarre metaphysical qualities of it. So it felt like a real romance. Yeah, I think honestly, it's always about like with those scenes, right? Like just grounding it in truth. And like, because I think, it's even like, I remember me and Tom talking about it on set. Like, I don't think any of us have seen Loki tongue-tied before. And it's so sad in episode four when he's like trying to talk to her. And I think that's, I know he's a God, but it's very human, right? If you like someone being like, ah, I don't know how to say this. It's like, it's very nerve wracking. And I think that was a very nice thing to like put Loki in that position. And also just that bit outside the barbershop as well. Like I always talk about it feeling a bit a bit teenage, you know, like how mm -hmm. they both are with each other when they're just kind of sitting there a bit awkwardly because they both know now that they like each other, but like, what does it mean? And so I think that was always the key thing for like me, Tom and Sophia and the writers and the whole team was just always grounding it in real emotion and like, mm -hmm. and making those moments feel earned as well. Cause like, I think the beautiful thing about Lamentus is, I remember at some points we were debating, oh, should they kiss at Lamentus? And I think it felt like, no, they shouldn't. I think it's kind of nice in a way that it's just enough of their chemistry and their look to each other that, you know, is enough to bring this organization down. And then we yeah. kind of say, obviously the kiss till the end. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, AC, well, you it, well, well, here's the thing. Like I was thinking about all of the Lokis that we saw in episode five and we could talk about all of them, but we don't have enough time for that. But I <laughs> do want to spend a little bit of time for uh, kid Loki played by Jack Veal did a tremendous job. Um, Obviously, he has connections in the future to things that you may not be able to talk about. But I'll ask, in the instance, when the multiverse and the timeline is all splintered, what do you think he's up to at this point? Ah, uh, I know what you're circling, but I don't know. Honestly, like, it would be more a question <laughs> for Kevin Feige. Like, mm -hmm. I think Kid Loki's character, like, because honestly, the secrecy is so real with these guys. And, like, mm -hmm. you don't, like, because you have someone from Marvel that works across the project with you and, like, 
any internal stuff that might go into other projects is always very in-house so you don't know about it which is probably how they managed to keep all their secrets <laughs> but, yeah, but, no. but it was so fun to work with Jack and bring that character to life and yeah I mean I, I love the comic book run and it was just so fun to like I think that was the joy right with episode five was that we got to do so many of these fun comic book references and like obviously nods to all these different uh, faces that Loki has had so yeah it was a lot of fun well, obviously, we can't look ahead for all those reasons. But in in this season, and we've seen so many variant Lokis, obviously, the ones in the void, but even the ones that were presented. Do you have a favorite variant Loki? I've been asked this a lot. And like, honestly, I just I don't. It's but only because I love all of them. Right. Like, mm -hmm. I think my favorite I, maybe I'd say that like my favorite group, though, is probably are like the Lokis when he wakes up in the void. Like, yeah. I love classic boastful kid and alligator. They're just such a weird family of Lokis. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I would love to see, like, a sitcom or something with those guys because I'm just like, what was the dynamics here? But, yeah, but I find them very funny and very interesting for sure. But I think I love that, you know, there were different elements that they all brought out of him. I mean, I think something I liked about classic and kid was it was almost like ghosts of Christmas past and Christmas mm -hmm. future. And then you have boastful, obviously, who has like, you know, the ego and he's boasting about how he got, you know, the like the infinity stones. And I just think and he's like, no, you're lying. And <laughs> like, I think <laughs> right. that's kind of fun. And, and I think but there's also like a vulnerability to all of them, which is really nice. And I think we got to kind of dig into that slightly with all the Lokis. But and then Alligator, obviously, like, is he a Loki? Is he not a Loki? Right. right. He's definitely a Loki. As as someone yeah. from Florida, if I felt very <laughs> represented on screen seeing an alligator Loki. Um, right. When people have called him crocodile Loki, I've taken great offense. Uh, and uh, yeah, I was very happy to see him. I, I oh, must man. say, I'm so pleased that he's getting called Florida Loki. I've seen that. Um, absolutely. And, in, and yeah, I've joked that that means that like Orlando is Asgard, um, which is fun. Yeah, it's just there's a lot of <laughs> possibilities. If you know, if, if you ever hear whispers about a uh, alligator Loki in Florida Asgard spinoff, um, AC can give you my contact information. Love to help out. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, Kate, I, I had a question about the first two episodes really subverted my own expectations and it hid in my sensibilities as far as the introspective and reflective nature of Loki, Loki and Mobius's conversations. And then they were not only wrapped in what felt like those things, it was also wrapped in what felt like religion to a point too. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on that in terms of the series? Yeah, I think for us, like, because there's the free will and destiny conversation, right, which does also kind of fall into religion as well. Like, are our, pro uh, sorry, are our paths predetermined or are they not predetermined? And I, I think for me, like I love that scene in episode two in particular on the religious aspect where it's like Loki and Mobius both discussing their backgrounds and both of them are like, but it sounds so weird what you're saying. And he's like, yours is equally crazy, man. And it just reminded me of like sort of two friends, different religions, but talking about it in like a nice debateful kind of way, if you know what I mean, with respect for it's each other. It's an open other. conversation, yeah. Yeah, which I thought was really nice to see. And it felt again, like, I guess, <laughs> very human in some ways so yeah so no it was definitely something that we were thinking about as a team for sure like going through it but particularly for that scene in episode two definitely so we saved our most hard-hitting question for the last one here uh and it's something we've come across in just watching various interviews the fun fact about you is you're a karaoke fan we hear and we want to know if you're going to bring down the house what is the artist who is the artist you go to and what song are you performing 
I do like karaoke. Do you know what? I don't have like a really edgy one. I think the one I've okay. been saying to people is probably Frozen. I just love Frozen, man. Right. I just love oh. that I love it. Or maybe like a Celine Dion choice or like... Ooh, see, yeah. I'm from Canada, so I really now want to know which Celine Dion choice you have there. <laughs> you know what? It's so cheese, but maybe like the... I love Titanic. <laughs> yeah, my heart will go on. Of course. It's a classic. It's, it's a classic song. You don't want to have an edgy karaoke song because, like, part of it is getting the room involved. And if you have something that's like, yeah. oh, this person thinks they're so cool because they're doing this karaoke song. If anything, I, I could see Loki when he's in TV at the very end there, just left alone, just singing to himself that song right now. Like, oh, despite wow. everything, yes. his heart will go on. Or Someone's even, gotta recut or, it to that. Or even boys to men to the end of the road oh. as he's I mean, that's what we sadness. would do as a collective oh, podcast group yeah, for sure. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to do this with us. This yeah. was so fun. And, um, and then hopefully one day we'll be able to see a, a dynamic performance of My Heart Will Go On mm -hmm. in the future. Absolutely. <laughs> Congratulations. So okay, Congratulations on the show. Series. Really unbelievable stuff. Thank okay. you. Uh, thank you so much for watching, guys. And thanks for having me on. Cheers. No thank, thank you. you. Guys, I, I don't know. That was such an amazing, amazing time. I, I felt it was so surreal. I had so much fun doing it. Kate is an absolute delight. Just such a lovely person. Um, how did you guys all feel coming out of that? Well, I gotta say, like, you know, considering that at least I've consumed a lot of the content that she's done lately regarding this show, um, it was it was very pleasing to see how engaging she was and um, how delightful she was overall. It was a really fun conversation. And um, I'm glad that I'm glad that for this show and, and I talk about this a lot, you know, for for us, the three of us, we've been at this for a little bit. So to get an interview like this was pretty cool. So and hey, it surprised AC, that's a shout out to you right there. Sure. Your, your diligence to, you know, grab guests, grab big names like these two. I mean, honestly, every name that we're able to get on here, it's such a delight. But um, no, that, that's a shout out to you for making this happen. Uh, I think we all had a great time. Hey, Jake. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think the thing I was very pleased about uh, is just to take you behind the curtain of my anxiety, not anxiety, but like, I think that what we have in the tone of the show is very specific and very fun. And mm -hmm. as we talk about a lot, not a lot, like a lot of journalism around, because we're not really journalists, but not like <laughs> no, a lot of stuff around. We're not at all. I think AC, I think AC, AC is, is our most like yeah. credible person. Shout out. But, no, uh, but what I mean is that like, it, it's and that's specifically like in terms of a lot of the other content about this stuff, I think we mm -hmm. pride ourselves on not being like that, being a lot more fun and all that. And it's very nice to see that we were able to translate that to an interview. Now, I imagine that if all interviews are that easy, then I don't know why anyone, like, then journalism is <laughs> easy. I imagine they're not. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. This, this is all really a shout out to Jay Christie's natural talents. Just, like, raw. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Why are you making it seem like I said something like I'm being <laughs> no. an asshole? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Uh, no, no, it was... It was truly a fun time. And like you said, uh, I think it was great to feel for a little bit like we were vibing with Kate. Um, I think what is great in general about a lot of these new Disney Plus series and, you know, we talk about representation, we talk about different voices in the room. And uh, I think what I really liked about what we've done with our podcast is just be something that was not just like what we were always used to in terms of traditional comic book content and coverage and uh you know just really share what we love about what we get to take in in this whole marvel thing and so um other people who do really love it 
our, our awesome uh, followers and listeners who, sub, uh, who submitted a bunch of questions for us. Let's just get into them right now. Uh, we're going to go fresh off the finale. Uh, I think there are a bunch of different things uh, that a lot of people have to ask about Sylvie. Because I think when it came to Sylvie, uh, she obviously sets off one of, if not the main big move that sets all of this off. Uh, and so we have a lot of questions for it. Let's start with at Murph O'Connor on Twitter. Uh, they ask, what did Sylvie mean at the door of the Citadel when talking to Loki uh, and saying, I was pruned before you even existed. I need a minute to take this all in. Um, I actually don't quite remember this scene. So I don't know if you guys uh, uh, recall or like or took in just, anything out of it. I just took that to mean that her variation happened long before in the timeline. Sure. Loki's. Um, I didn't read that much into it, but I also could be wrong to do that. Right, right. Like, I, because it's the prune part that I think that might be confusing, but yes, she has been living her entire life and then some for whatever amount of time that is uh, in exile, basically. Yeah, I know the well, the scene took place like right at the beginning as they're about to enter the Citadel. And as far as that's concerned, it's interesting because you consider that the pruning of her happened earlier in earlier in her lifetime. So it really just makes you ask, like, what about aging? I think one of the things that I read today about Kid Loki being trapped in the void, and I don't know if it has the same correlation, but right. Kid Loki's been trapped in the void for a thousand years. Uh, Even he who Jack. remains had uh, made some comments about, you know. He made a comment about, right. yeah. And and that, as Mobius tells Loki at the beginning, time works differently around here. Right, exactly. So maybe there's something um, to that. Yeah. And, you know, uh, well, I mean, just small offshoot. I don't want to go deep dive, but do you think this leads to any quantum realm type connection? Anything? I mean, it, it feels it feels so much like there is a, a because that's like the that. only other environment that we know of that seems to play by these kind of rules and that there are no real time rules. Right, exactly. And I think just something like seeing the yellow jacket helmet in the void too completely is something, you know, to watch going forward. And uh allegedly Corey Stoll is coming back. So apparently he did not die in the original Ant Man. So okay. he might have just got trapped in the quantum realm. All right. A, a little bit of uh looking at Sylvie too. Um the, at the Wizard Marnus on Twitter asks, uh, just because, we, yeah, we, we really did talk about things in a larger multiverse sense, but where do you see Sylvie at right now? Where is Sylvie in your mind? That's interesting because you have to think that this person was on a road of vengeance throughout the entire series and she gets that vengeance, but I think she realizes that vengeance is not all it's cracked up to be so i think the emotional aspect of her journey is going to be very interesting to watch in season two especially after she betrayed loki who had, she had developed this relationship with so there's going to be a lot of turmoil i think internally with her that should make for very compelling television especially if and when she meets loki again um, right. whether that takes place earlier or later well, Jake, I actually want to point it to you just because you even asked that question to Kate about just the importance of Sylvie and Loki's relationship there. So obviously there is her specific journey itself, but the separation of the two of them, you got to imagine has to be a part of what we're trying to 
either close the gap, like bridge it back together or figure out what the conflict is uh, in coming seasons. What do you think? Yeah, I think that what AC said about vengeance not being all it's cracked up to be is really important. And I think that that's underlined by the fact that she betrayed Loki. So it's not just that like she's disappointed that it wasn't all it was cracked up to be. It's like, oh no. And I also ruined the relationship with the person mm-hmm. who I had a connection with. Like if she just had killed him and didn't feel satisfied, like that would just be like melancholy. But it's like the regret of like, it was definitely wasn't worth it. Like I didn't right. have to do this. And so I think that, of course, the thing about Loki is all variants of them, except like the main one at this point, are not very good at de- dealing with feelings. So I don't think that she's going to have a very self-actualized and be like, oh, no, I made a mistake. I should try right. to like fix patch things up with Loki. That's probably not where she's going to go. Um, and so I think she's going to keep trying to chase, like trying to find something else that she can uh, avenge or get revenge for um, yeah. and not have that fill her up because clearly she doesn't, I don't think that she's realized uh the the error in her ways that that trying to find vengeance in itself is the problem i i mean all that internal conflict of anything is just going to be really exciting just because we've been such a big fan of sophie dimartino's performance in this this just gives her so much more to work with in terms of how she comes off this uh moving forward um look okay so there are a series of questions here and they all kind of fall under the same category to me of just really trying to understand where we're sitting in so many respects. There's, you know, the idea of we are maybe entering or we have fallen into different universes, but then there is the alternate where it's just time has been so affected by the events that have happened um, that this is what the result of it is. And, you know, we talked about it at length on the podcast, but uh, we do have a couple of questions kind of leaning around all those. I'm going to run through uh, some of them right now. So from at Irv Dizzle on Discord, um so during episode six there's the whole scene where it's all the montages at the beginning we hear all the clips going through um and once we come out of it uh basically they want to ask the question of like does this show exist in a separate universe timeline separate from the events of infinity saga uh does this mean that the universe loki was zapped in uh to by sylvie into a third universe um and you know similarly it at flip and remark on uh discord asks again like you know did he who remains or kang erase all the knowledge of the tva or is he you know again just put in a place where he does they don't know that this version of loki exists and again uh sean robinson at got to be great on twitter asks again in that same vein you know if loki is removed from the timeline and never meets thanos does that change the events of infinity war and endgame now you know this this would make me cross. I try to figure out all the yeah. ways around it. Jake, you uh, go first, Jake. I, I think yeah, yeah. I think that I have a pretty. I, I can't explain all of it, but I think I have a good like working way of thinking through it. That I think mm-hmm. specifically with the end bit where he shows up and there's the Kang statue. I think that that is just fully a different of different universe. That's where I'm leaning. Where towards. specifically. Yeah. Because we take it for granted that the TVA is very familiar with Loki, but there's an infinite number of universes. Therefore, there is there's going to be an infinite number of universes where they don't know what Loki looks like. You know what I mean? Right. And so I think that, and also I think the fact that in the void, you have to imagine that if you tempad out of the void, especially when like universes are collapsing, it probably you're probably not able to actually pinpoint what universe you're going to because the void is not part of any particular universe. It's part of kind of all of them. So anyway, there's that. And then I would say as far as the is it taking place in the same thing as Infinity War and Endgame? No, it's taking place in the alternate one that they kind of make and then they seal off. 
Um, and then does it change the thing with Thanos? Maybe, but also like, I don't know how much different Thanos' plan works. Actually, wait, because then the Tesseract doesn't even get on that ship. So I don't know. I think right. ultimately, I think Thanos probably was always going to get all the Infinity Stones, but that is the most interesting question of the three. Well, the other thing too is like, Loki doesn't end up where he is without the events of Endgame. So Endgame and Infinity War have to happen first before Loki goes back into that. And like whatever way that loose word, like it may agree more to the Endgame um, explanation of how time works, where it's just you don't go back in time, but you create a new present for yourself. And so, um, yeah, I, I think I, I think in a lot of ways, too, the answers to those questions don't exactly have any consequence in ter terms of where this goes or explaining anything it's more right. like at least for how we take it as viewers is just like these are all the things that happen and lead to this point where we are right now um ac yeah i just wanted to say i viewed it completely as a different uh, as a different timeline that loki uh got to once uh, sylvie pushed him out so mm -hmm. with the with the kang statue so, so you're in a different, different timeline time. not a different universe I just want to be clear about that. Different timeline. Yeah, okay. Different time. Yeah. So I, I'm very curious to see how that goes. And um, oh, hold on one sec. All right, you're good. Yeah, but what I'll say is, and I think that AC, you guys both said it, is that I think that this stuff is interesting to talk about. I think Marvel's being very smart about that. I don't think that the answer to these questions actually are going to be material to understanding the story going forward. Because if they exactly. were, then this would be right. no one would get. But like, it's like yeah. I think that it's it's fun to talk about. But I think that if you're worried, like, oh my god, I don't know what time that all. I don't believe that Marvel's going to like that. It's actually going to matter specifically what timeline is what. You know what I mean? Like, I think mm -hmm. they just kind of let you go with it. Right, yeah. and I think the larger point that I think people should focus on, particularly with that, is the idea of just like a series like what if will kind of give you these these um separate stories about alternate universe characters and what i would say about that is pay attention to those characters there's a reason that they're putting those characters in there and that's what you should be looking at as opposed to whether there's like oh multiple universes multiple timelines and stuff like that clearly the multiverse has been created and whatever they decide to right. put out there is the relevant part of it. Yeah, because ultimately all we know is the story that they tell. So for us, it still is kind of its own more of a linear thing, even though we're branching off into so many places. Well, you know, um, this does lead to some kind of larger big picture questions, uh, which I think we're all on the same page as like, don't get too bogged down by the details. It is a fun kind of puzzle to go through, but ultimately for like where it goes to these kind of like specifics of like whether it's this or that don't necessarily affect it that way. But at Jelly on Discord um, wrote us this question. So given that according to Disney Plus, Loki is before WandaVision, do y'all think uh, Wanda is creating the anomaly from her imagination or is she pulling from an alternate timeline in the universe? Uh, I just find it confusing that at the end of WandaVision, she hears the kids' voices when I originally thought she had created them from her own mind and grief. It's just a random thought that they had. Uh, they're also interested in how these shows are ushering in the next phase and how we all see the cinematic experience going in the future. Uh, are these shows leading up to a larger final film experience like Endgame? Can they do something like that again or should they even? Um, I think we did touch a little bit on this when we talked about, yeah. like when we've postulated in so many different podcasts, but mm -hmm. even on the low-key finale. Um, let's start with 
you know, because that is an interesting thing. That is something that was released recently in terms of like explaining what the timeline of the different shows are. So according to, uh, I don't know if it's an official source, AC, I'm going to lean on you for this, but it seems like mm -hmm. it, in Marvel time, we're looking at Loki, then WandaVision, then Falcon mm. and Winter Soldier. Is that how it works? Correct. Yeah. Right. And then Far From Home. And then far well, like, but like in terms of what we've seen so far, like in, what in comes terms to the of the shows, right? Right. So to that end, did you, like, related to at Jelly's uh, question, um, did that make you reframe some of how you looked at Wandavision? Um, no, not really, because I kind of okay. feel like Wanda. Once we find out that Wanda's a Nexus being, that mm -hmm. means she can do wild stuff like this. So, right. In terms of her reaching out to her kids using the dark hold. She's reaching out to them from a different universe, and I'm assuming that's so it's all, just more just like a testament to the level of her power than anything yes. else. Yes, right, exactly. And I think that to answer Jelly's specific question, that I think that I'm not sure whether or not it's uh, the kids she created or it's a different universe. We have to keep in mind if there's an infinite number of universes, then that means that there is a universe in which. One, Wanda created the kids and they stayed around. Or two, right. Wanda just actually had those kids. Like that, a, yeah. a, an infinite yeah. number of universes yeah. means that like literally an infinite number of things happen. possible. So like it, there's no scenario that you can't imagine. So like it actually, I, I think that because of what the Doctor Strange movie is going to be, I'm imagining it's probably a different universe. And I think that the thing we just don't know is in that universe, are those kids created or are they actually naturally born kids? Um, that, of course, brings us back to the classic question about vision, but I'll table that for now. Sure, of course. <laughs> um, well, okay, quickly, let's touch upon that second part of that question. Mm. Do you think we're leading to a big moment and should they even? Um, I'll start with you, Jake. Uh, where do you see this going? I think they're probably going to have something like a Secret Wars um, right. type thing. I don't know if it's going to be as big as Infinity War and Endgame. And I don't think they, I would say they shouldn't try unless like, unless it feels like naturally they're getting the momentum. Like if people are as like psyched about it as um, people are about, like as they would be about Thanos and if there's that momentum. But like, I think that, um, like I said before, I think they're kind of just setting up they're planting seeds, and I think mm -hmm. that they're in a place now where they can adjust based on what grows out of those seeds. That, like, sure. if the Kang stuff really hits and people really like it, I could easily see them pivoting to making, like, Secret Wars, like, the next big uh, major massive billions and billions of dollars movies. But if it maybe isn't as, like, a huge of a thing, I could also see them doing a thing where, like, maybe only half of the characters we have are involved, and it's not it's posed as the culmination of everything. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. I'll chime in before uh, we get to AC, but you know, um, in setting up for our Kate Heron uh, interview, I I got to watch a couple of them, and she kind of summed it up so nicely in terms of, you know, when presented with the question of how exact, how involved is Marvel in each of these creators and storytellers in what they do, I think more often than not, Marvel gives the storyteller the least to create the story that they have as long as it's a good story and it's not so much like you have to fit these things in to fit our puzzle as much as be true to the story be true to the character and we will figure out where we can go from that and i think that's what jake is getting to there um in terms of like big thing uh the only reason why i think it kind of can't be that is because this is too big for it to be that 
Like it's too big for Thanos now. Like that's where we're sitting at. So whatever you're looking at is something beyond it. And I think, you know, anyone who is a dedicated uh, comic book fan knows, you know, it like we're just going to have to go bigger and harder at that point and just like go in different directions. And uh, that's, I mean, as, as good a point as any to like point to our comic guy here, AC, mm-hmm. how do you feel this is going to go? Um, I think we have to look at the way that the films have been shaped and how sure. they're being shaped in terms of they're not just single heroes. I mean, Shang-Chi to a, to a lesser degree is that, but Eternals mm-hmm. and, Sp- and Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, those are huge like team up movies. So there's right. a reason that they're doing because they have to at this point. There's there's just no logical reason outside of an origin story that these people don't because they really know each other exist. Like yeah. we've established it through Endgame and even through some different crossovers. So it's at a point where there are very like there are fewer and fewer reasonable uh, reasons why they aren't crossing paths of not being in each other's stories. Right, and I think. The fact that they've used WandaVision and Loki particularly to set up Doctor Strange kind of tells mm-hmm. me that Doctor Strange is huge. And then I think What If is doing the same thing. So right. if, they, if all three of those shows are doing the same thing, then it's pretty clear that Doctor Strange is going to be a movie that probably is going to change the fabric of the entire thing. Yeah. And I think there's also like the kind of less fun way of looking at this. Um, I think when you look at an Infinity Gauntlet, it was a product to, uh, or Infinity Saga, it's a product of, you know, that's where Disney is at. That's where Marvel is at at that time. And that's how they're going to build up to that moment. But now they just kind of own it all. So mm-hmm. they get to just play with their toys. And I think yeah. they get to make something like a Loki or WandaVision equally, if not more important than like a cinematic release, because all of it is connected at this point. I think the like not so fun way of looking at it is just like with all of us as the consumer, they want everything to be big so you know the way you make a gamble to like get to an end game they don't necessarily need to do that anymore they don't want to do yeah. that because they want everyone in yeah for i everything. think yeah even oh. something like uh, no, 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 just no. before you go jake even something like hawkeye hawkeye mm-hmm. like when we first saw that i, I looked at that like yeah i don't know about all this but right. you start to hear details and stories it's like oh okay so they're doing something else with this too so i think to your point jerome they are you know they're leaning heavier on the source material that's clear and they're just leaning heavier on their abilities to include more characters in all of these stories Mm -hmm. yeah and i was just gonna say i think that in terms of the next phase of marvel i think that the success of infinity war and endgame is actually less illustrative of what they're going to do than the success of captain marvel is i think captain marvel's success is the you look at that that explains a lot of the decisions where it's like oh we can make any like it's not well they they prove it like guardians that they can make any superhero big but it's yeah. like we can make any superhero the center of the monoculture as long as people think that it matters and connects to other stuff and right. so like from both of like a literal that it actually just makes sense i think what your point is true is like if there's a world threatening thing it's never just gonna be one dude because why the hell you have superheroes on speed dial mm-hmm. but <laughs> also because if you can bring in multiple different reasons for people to be there to watch that, you know, with uh, the Dr. Strange movie, you know, you bring in people who watch WandaVision who might not have liked the original Dr. Strange they're going to watch. And where the Spider-Man movie, obviously, I mean, I assume there's no one who's going to see a Spider-Man movie just for Dr. Strange, but if there's only like likes multiverse stuff, they're going to like, I think the more buckets you line up for people to see the movie, the more success you'll have. And that like, 
well, Captain Marvel made a billion dollars. Right. <laughs> like, and it's, it's because people wanted to know how it was going to affect the whole story. And mm -hmm. so while they're going to do some origin stories and stuff like that, like Shang-Chi, I really think that even if it's, I think that it's not so much that things are always going to be big, but things are all going to like be relevant. And I think that that's what we're going to try to do. Yeah. Um, well, you know, a lot of heavy questions, a lot of looking forward. So best time to bring in a Springthorpe question just to <laughs> ease it <laughs> off a bit. Um, Spring At Springthorpe, Michael Springthorpe, friend of the pod on Discord asks, is alligator Loki a Chinese or American alligator? I'm going to... American. So, American, thank you. And is he in the universe with Frog Thor or with Alligator Thor? I'm in my head canon Alligator Thor because okay. uh, it would be a lot harder. Asgard is just like in in. Well, we already talked about this in the Kate Heron interview, and that made me so happy that I was able to do that. <laughs> um, but uh, it's the reason is because it would be much harder. Like it already was a big enough uh, climb for Odin to convince Thor that Loki wasn't adopted. But mm -hmm. if Thor is a frog and Loki's an alligator, then that's, he's obviously adopted. But like, what is like, is alligator to frog that much of a stretch of like ice, like giant or? I mean, yes, Guardians? because okay. ice giants and people and Asgardians are both invertebrate mammals, whereas okay. Okay. a frog is a, uh, excuse me, it's vertebrate mammals, whereas a frog right. is a, a amphibian and an alligator is a reptile. So okay. like they're completely different. Uh, but I, I appreciate your question, but I think that there is there also because Loki looks like a dude, whereas even <laughs> alligator Loki looks like an alligator and frog Thor looks like a frog. Fair enough. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with all that. Uh, AC, anything to add or are we happy with Jake's? <laughs> No, I feel uh, like Jake, it, I think Jake yeah, nailed Jake it. Sucks, Jake well, last question from Springthorpe great. here in his series uh, that I think we can go around the room for. What prompted Classic Loki to make his jumpsuit outfit? Hmm. 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 I saw actually saw an interview with Richard D. Grant where he talked about how mad he was that when he showed up on set and they gave him his costume that he didn't have the <laughs> muscles in it. Because right, in right, the right. comic, they have the muscles. Yeah. Um, I think he made it because it's eye-popping it's exactly why it's if you think about loki as a character yes. like he's gonna do whatever the most like flamboyant and attention grabbing and it's bright colors um he's actually a i mean he actually was doing it because he really is a huge fan of the North he, he wears State the full Bison. costume to the mask no, um you know yeah what do you say sorry i was doing a dumb he joke. wears like the full costume to like the <laughs> party that is just like masks and tuxedos and black tie affair but he's the one who shows up with the full costume. 100 and you know it's like he's, he's the type of guy who like a certain former racist nba owner would have a party where everyone had to show up in white and he'd show up in black you know what i mean <laughs> i mean i mean from just from a grand gesture standpoint i mean look at the way that episode five ended uh journey into mystery um just the way mm -hmm. that how majestic he was in in creating asgard and and he had the lines and everything with the with the outfit out. He just seems like to to everybody's point as far as the character is concerned that this is something that he would do. This also, even if he's embarrassed early on by that, if you're going to live what could be an eternity in exile, I just don't think you want like all these kind like armor on you like a class like our current Loki has. So I think just yeah. having something that's very stretchable, very usable that way. I think is it breathable though? Is the it's question breathable? Oh, is it though? I, because if, if it's like a silk-based like material, because if it's a silk-based material, I don't know. It looks like it's a little sh too shiny. I'm a little afraid. 
right um because <laughs> like, like this is where i really like lean on like i gotta figure i gotta assume asgard has figured this one out that's true but you don't know the climate of asgard because if it's like right. you know if asgard is like you know norway i don't think that breathable fabric is that important of a thing got it and i and yeah. i hate to go back to this well but like for example you know in as you could tell from the screenshot we released i was wearing a polo today for the kate heron interview mm. but this is a very this is a polo i got in florida it's incredibly breathable it's designed right. to be worn like a florida well golf yeah course. but you are from the florida multiverse of asgard exactly exactly so my point being, I think that it is a really underrated thing that we don't talk about enough is how breathable something is. Because if it's because oh, some no very question. light, light, light clothing, if it's not breathable, you might as well be wearing a sweater. Right. And I, I think it's um, it's like a weird flex, the opposite, way, like from, you know, when you're wearing a thin material, but it actually is just like it keeps you so warm and you almost like feel like yes. you're flexing on people. But it's the other way around where you're wearing something that appears to be like you must be boiling it. Actually, it's very breathable. Yeah, right now I feel fucking awesome. And this right. like, look, look at the stretch you're getting on this polo. You can't fucking beat this. this is not a regular polo. You can't beat that. <laughs> I, I will. So it, like clocking it here, it is 655 uh, Eastern. And we did our interview at what? Uh, one o'clock. Mm -hmm. I've been jealous of Jake for at least six hours it's, um, and the thing point. is and the thing is i'm still wearing it because i'm never i've never understood like i'm currently in the process of moving i don't uh -huh. feel like having to add another thing to my laundry and oh, it's no, like no, no. why not just wear it the rest of the night it's a comfortable shirt i'm gonna sleep in this yeah, polo yeah. imagine me we, having we, a polo we're that's not committing to, to more than one outfit a day right in a pandemic people come on now <laughs> yeah sorry i don't even honestly i don't know what came over me but uh let's go to the next question <laughs> i mean it, it's it's related because I would definitely wear um, Jake's outfit if I too had a glorious purpose. And at Che on Discord asks, what do you all think glorious purpose means? The words are spoken in every episode, if uh, not all of them, at least for them. I'm curious to know how we all interpreted it. Um, so AC, I'm going to jump to you first. Glorious purpose is a common phrase from the comics, I want to say. Is that a thing? I don't even know for sure. But okay. I will say in terms of the actual, like what I think about it is pretty much it i don't know my mom always used to tell me this this about life she she always told me life is life and i remember being younger and saying what the hell is she talking about i don't know what life is life means what does that mean but as you grow you realize that life it actually it is what it is so i think as the as the show continues to go um throughout the six episodes and they're talking about glorious purpose and mm -hmm. loki realizes early that oh crap maybe this doesn't matter as much as as uh, i thought it did um i think glorious purpose is used as a way as a reflection of not only uh loki but human beings in society as well in terms mm -hmm. of how we view things and how we view this moment as the most important moment that we'll ever have and the, the most important thing that we'll ever do and just trying to figure out what matters to us and what we're trying to do because sometimes man Sometimes it's just as simple as eating some ice cream or having a nice <laughs> cookie, or taking a nice shower, all those like th those little moments that could be your glorious purpose in all types of ways. Yeah, I, I think it's really just kind of his he's just so desperate to have a meaning to his life. And so right. that like basically anything that comes up, he's like, OK, this is it. Finally, I mean, this is the TVA, too. The yeah. TVA, too, with the same type of types of conversations, Mobius and such. Yeah, yeah, he's just I think that um, the types of people who talk a lot about the having a very uh, firm and like strict purpose to their life, I think, mm -hmm. are the people who are 
in afraid that their life is meaningless more than anyone, you know, <laughs> like I'm really like, I'm being honest, I think that like, I don't, I think AC, you sound the best where it's like, if you have a healthy attitude, it's like, maybe my life does have a purpose, but it's completely unknowable to me in the moment. And yep. it's, that's also shouldn't affect how I act. And I think so much of the way Loki acts, so many of his missteps is if you act in such a way that the thing you're doing is your glorious purpose to your life, you're going to be self-aggrandizing. You're going to be selfish. You're going to do all these bad things. And so I think it's kind of like a, it's, that's what's kind of like mocked in mm-hmm. when they, all the mm-hmm. are together. Cause it's like all the bullshit you ever do is your glorious purpose. You say it all right. the time. Yeah. And it's also, it's also, you know, that's funny that you say that because it's also just the, just the idea is like, sometimes it's, it's not gonna always mean, it's not always gonna mean something in the grand scheme of things. And I think, I mean, just to, as a bigger picture in life, just, you know, the us talking right now, we view this a certain type of way. Some people might not view it a certain type of way, mm-hmm. but then that's our thing and everybody <laughs> else has a different thing. So yeah. All right. Well, moving on to our next question. Uh, very active contributor on Discord, but this came from Twitter at Spider Swars. Uh, <laughs> how many cosmic and multiversal entities do you think we'll be getting? And particularly, do you think they'll involve the Phoenix Force? Done this right, uh, done right this time, please. And also, do you think there is an alternate timeline where all the characters are Jellicle cats? Now, before we actually hi- go into this, I'm just going to reiterate. Um, Jake's point, which is uh, there's so many, like there are infinite possibilities. So all of this is possible. The joke I used to make and no one finds funny is that with the multiverse theory, it, it means that every conversation you've ever had in your life, there's a universe where during that conversation, you got up, pulled your pants down and shit on the floor. That's how many universes are. Every moment of your life. Right, think right. about the most important moment of your life. There is a universe <laughs> where you shit on the floor in that moment. Yeah, yeah. And so mm-hmm. it just, every single possibility is happening. So yes, there are there is a version where they're all Jellicle cats. Um, right. And yes, they sing Jellicle songs because of course right. Jellicle songs are for Jellicle cats. Exactly. Um, AC, I'm just going to point this specific one to you. A uh, little bit of rephrasing on it. Uh, is the multiverse how we get the X-Men? Yes and no, because okay. it's like, I, I do think you can open up the whole variant scenario to a higher higher degree in Doctor Strange, you know, you mm-hmm. might, you never know who you might see in that, but mm-hmm. I think, I like think if you're presented with two far... options here, like let's say option yeah. one is, you know, they get introduced through an alternate universe and option two is kind of like what you, we are catching with like how we got brought Spider-Man in to the universe mm-hmm. is just that they've always existed there, but now the current, I don't know, bad or the current conflict calls for their attention which one would you prefer to have um i actually would prefer the spider-man organic way um i think yeah i think to me and i think this is another thing i know people want mutants so bad they are just like (laughs) thirsty for the x-men and i say guys guys there's so much on the table right now that we when we get to it it, it's gonna mean something i I think because especially because we've gotten so many x-men films um over the years I think we still need a little bit more time to breathe, especially with the type of content that we're getting right now. And I think uh, it's also kind of, sorry, Jerome, I think it'd be shitty if they just brought in the X-Men fully formed. Like, I don't need to see the whole X-Men first class origin story again, but like, Mm -hmm. I don't want it to be like, also, because if you bring in an X-Men from another universe, 
I think that just kind of ruins the stakes for them because what yeah. are they brought into our universe? So they don't really have that much of an attachment to it or they in a separate universe. I, I think that they also do, like it, it yeah. takes away their whole importance of where they came from. Exactly. Right. It gets a little convoluted. So, and in the spirit of organically bringing people on, uh, I'm going to bring on a guest onto the podcast. He is from our Patreon, from our discord, one of our most active members to be perfectly honest. And honestly, he, he goes back with us like way before the MC University pod days. Um, he is responsible for spreading the most slanderous, uh, not slanderous, uh, the most propaganda around me being secretly jacked. His name is Caleb Landmaster. Caleb, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Good to be awesome. here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Glad well, to have you, sir. Um, as you know, we are recording right now our Loki mailbag. And uh, before I know uh, Jake asked you to come on with uh, any questions that you might have. But mm-hmm. before that, how did you feel about the series? I loved it. Um, yeah. the, the, the MCU series in general uh, kind of brought uh, the transition into phase four. Uh, it, it made it uh, just a little bit easier, which was yeah. kind of nice. In it almost unexpected ways, like ways that we didn't think like this would be in any way important for it. Absolutely. I, I mean, I the intention with WandaVision, you guys have referenced it before and it's certainly nothing new, but I watched it, I think maybe the second week because I'm like, oh, this is going to be lame and it's going to be <laughs> something that isn't applicable to the rest of the MCU. Boy, was like I almost like how we looked at the Netflix where it's like, yeah, it's a fun aside, but not. Anything. Well, I mean, the Netflix wasn't necessarily a fun aside, but like it was it was there. But right. Yeah. Shots fired. But no, yeah, no, you're, you're right. You're right. You know, it was, it was similar to that. And then these three, you know, WandaVision, uh, <laughs> I'll call it Falcon and the Winter Soldier here. I don't think I've called it that in about four months. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but but uh, the that for for the flaws that it had, it still was fun. Like mm-hmm. it still was enjoyable. And then Loki, I mean, for my money, is is the most. I don't know if it's necessarily the most well done. I think it is, but I think mm-hmm. it was certainly the most enjoyable for me, just from a. Uh, the entirety of what it is. So obviously it's it, its effect on the MCU going forward, but also just, it. it I, I'm a big fan of any kind of product that knows what it is and leans into it. And right. Loki did that very, very well. Very, like almost everyone involved from the writers to everyone on it just knew the assignment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, so now you said, I just want to say, I want to read the message you sent me. You said <laughs> that um, you better be ready for a really good fucking question. So, wow. Oh, putting him on the spot like this. Well, oh, I mean, man. welcome to your glorious purpose then. Uh, what is your question for us? <laughs> That's All right. It's a, it's a long question uh, because those are the only kind that I bring. Uh, so, um, two parts also. So, I'll, I'll, there's a bonus part. So, if, if you all were to create your own TVA uh, consisting of existing MCU characters, um, who would fill each role? So not the current in the Loki. How many roles do we have to fill at this point though? So I I actually went through this. I'm glad that you asked. Uh, (laughs) And so there's analyst or agent, which which would be uh, like Mobius, um, a hunter, uh, the judge. And then I I put timekeeper slash person in charge, he who remains, whatever, the head person that, that would be in charge. And then also I have, for a bonus, uh, what character would you choose to be this TVA's version of Loki? Meaning, creates a Nexus event, um, you, you have to bring him in and 
him or her in and discover the variants of this character. Okay. Um. Do you guys? How about uh, for the sake of it, let's each pick a role and we'll we'll fill this up as our MC yeah. University TVA. Uh, Jake, yeah. do you have anyone? I was just going to say uh, the it's obvious, but I think for good reason, I think that I would trust Dr. Strange to be the timekeeper Okay. because I think that he's the only person who I would trust to not be corrupt. Of all. Okay. I like that. Um, I think the only alternate, because uh, I think this person has the most uh, concrete um, understanding and knowledge of time and how all events go forward, probably Luis. Um, because I would like him right. to run through the entire timeline <laughs> of how everything works. Uh, but no, no, uh, I, I'm with you on Doctor Strange. I'm, I'm going to pick my analyst. Uh, and I, I kind of like it with Doctor Strange at the top there just because of the dynamics. But our analyst uh, is actually on an internship joining there. He's one Peter Parker uh, played by Spider-Man. Or like Spider oh, that's great. Yeah, great. I like that. Um, I'm going to be picking the judge. And I mean, why would I pick anybody else besides someone who has a hammer? I'm going to pick Thor. Right Ooh, stuff. Okay, okay. And then the variant, I think we all can decide on. I don't know who would be the most fun. I mean, okay. I don't know. It's a I really mean, good question. Jer Jerome kind of, kind of took cut the rug out from under me. I thought that the the most fun variant would be Louise because oh, I'm picturing like I'm that. picturing yeah. everybody is exactly like how Louise is, just different people. <laughs> right, right, right. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of I'm trying to get a rainbow coalition of Louise. Like, I like that. <laughs> coming I do through. like that. Um, I think my <laughs> variant uh, is going to have to be Groot. Wow. Okay. I'm going to go with Groot. Uh, mm -hmm. In some cases, Groot is just like a natural flower mm -hmm. bush. Uh, I, I think, um, and like a lily pad maybe here mm -hmm. and there. Uh, but... I just think in terms of the chaos a Groot does by doing so little, like if you just think about the opening to Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Volume mm -hmm. 2, like that's the Groot I want fucking shit up and creating Nexus events everywhere. Hey, I got to run for a second. I'll be back in a second. I'm really sorry. I got it. Well, I, you know, I, I, I will say I'm glad to, um, I, I feel bad about having to, you know, replace Jake, but, you know, sad to see him go, but we got a little bit of an upgrade here. So that's good. That's good. This, you know, we can is, move this past is the that. Caleb that I was promised would come on this pod. So this is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, motherfucker, motherfucker, play your cards right, or else right. we're going to be getting rid of you and upgrading. Is I'm kidding. Right. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We can't do that. We can't do that. So. <laughs> um, AC, AC, do you have anyone that you would want to be your Loki in this series? Like who is creating all the Nexus oh, events? You also, know, don't forget your hunter. Oh, we need a hunter. I mean, oh, we need you, a hunter. Um, not cast it in the series yet, but oh, I would love for Craven the Hunter to be our hunter. That would be perfect. That but would be perfect. I, I, like, but we have to stick to um, <laughs> who exists already. So, who's our hunter? Um, I mean, I think there's one very, very obvious choice to be the hunter throughout the entirety of the MC. MCU. Well, I'm gonna let AC pick out a hunter first, and then we'll we'll cut to Caleb, who's uh, apparently hunting for all of our jobs in this. Well, whoa, actually, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, let me pick this variant right fast. Um, okay, go for it. Um, I would like to see a a Star Lord variant. I I, I want to see what type of Star what type of different Star Lords we could get with the right. with the goofy right. personality. And I mean, um, he, he, what kind of different soundtracks? In what kind Infinity of soundtracks War, so. you got in the Walkman? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we, like, does it change genre? Like, what do you see it as in terms? Because like, it's very dad rock. 
our yeah. version like mc version of him like are you saying like there is like one version of him that is like strictly like i don't know like new jack soul like swing <laughs> like that well version i mean of it? you could you could get the one that listens to um that listens to kendrick and and j cole is very right right very abc type of type of raps like that um okay okay so the one also, we're getting in what if <laughs> well yeah well we get yeah we get uh it's what it yeah. star lord right so we get we got that um shoot somebody who's some smooth r&b some 90s r&b some group, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Group you know the guardians of the galaxy are just bell biv and devote at that point <laughs> 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 Star Lord Michael Jordan with the pool cue yeah. lifted yeah, at this yeah. point. <laughs> oh, geez, did we just write Space Jam three? Right? Like, oh my goodness! Like, um, okay, AC, do you have a hunter? Hunter, um, shoot, I feel Caleb say he has a really good one. Oh, come back mm. to me. I'm, I'm still thinking. All right, Caleb, hit us. Who is who is our most obvious pick? I think I think the obvious one, Scott Lang. Uh, ant-man nobody would see him coming he could have his tiny little pruning stick and prune right, somebody right. without them even knowing it that honestly brings a great question into like it, it's not the size of the stick right i mean i don't we don't <laughs> like i feel like i feel like the three of us are probably not the best equipped to answer that question but <laughs> we're missing our like foremost expert at asking that question I um, say, i'm hopeful i'm hopeful that's right. the case i don't know <laughs> yeah like it's like like what is the minimum? All right, Jake, welcome. He's plugging in his earphones. Jake, welcome back. Can you hear us? <laughs> You're all good. Well, you came back at the perfect time because we have a question for you. We're picking out our yeah, yeah. hunter in the TVA. Uh huh. And uh, and then Cable is Hawkeye. Haw Hawkeye. That's a good pick. But uh, yeah. like um, OG Hawkeye or uh, go Evo Hawkeye trying oh, to like not build Hawkeye. Let's not be stupid. I want him to take down variants, not just people of different races. Very <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, in some ways, that might be his argument. People of different races are variants. Wow. I mean, wow. if we're going with uh, oh evolutionarily biology according speaking, to ronin not be... according to like let's just not cancel oh, no, 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 no. i didn't realize there was jerome calvin candy chang it was, on, <laughs> it was on, on this podcast that's cool like oh but... I, I got a hunter i got a hunter okay who's your hunter? Let's wait, wait get, let let's me our... let's ask, let's ask uh jake this question so our hunter provided oh, yeah. by caleb was one scott lang as ant-man he actually because he could hide in yeah he would in terms of actually being good at it he might be the best one but here's your question does the effectiveness of a prune, uh, pruning stick, matter on the size of said stick? I'm thinking probably not, Mel. Okay. Because it starts from one area and spreads all around. Right. Okay. So it's just like a one shot. But I have no idea. Cool. Uh, like George Costanza <laughs> with the oil on his head. <laughs> right, right. Okay. So who's your hunter, AC? Um, I was good, and now I lost it for a second. But uh, but what you call it? Just because I was transfixed uh, in in Jake's answer, uh, answer, but my hunter is, wow, did I really just lose it? Am I old? Am I doing too many pockets today? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> give, give me like, give me like a minute. Just, just, uh, just, uh, what, what do you say? Uh, go around for, for, for a second and I, and I'll get, and I'll get back before we move on. Um, Shoot, I really well, forgot what I had. If, if you don't mind me commandeering this uh, this pod too much, I do have a, an analyst uh, uh, for you guys as well. Go for it. Also, um, uh, Ronan the Accuser as a hunter. I wouldn't mm, mind that too. That's, that's a good one. 
Yeah. I mean, you're going to, you're going to get a lot of, that's I mean, gonna... I had him as a judge person. Like when you said a uh, hammer, like, but yeah, anyway, the massive um, hammer, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like it's like, going to be an emphasis on killer instead of hunter. I, I, I just, I just think we, there's like a real corny way we can lean into the accuser thing where he just oh, is constantly for, like, my hunter. <laughs> variant, variant, variant. Finally. Oh, who's I your got hunter? my hunter. Um, gotta get, gotta get your homie Zemo. Zemo mm, be a I like Zemo. Yeah. 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 That's who I had for my analyst. I, I think for the same reason. <laughs> a brilliant guy. He knows his limitations. Like he knows what he's not good at, which is, right. is really important. <laughs> um, also, analyst, I had Daniel Pudi from uh, Winter Soldier. Jeez. <laughs> Straight out. That's it. Um, all right. Well, I do have a, like, we actually came prepared for a question for you, Caleb. A question for me? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, you, you almost guessed our question. Um, who the fuck is Montel? <laughs> because what is going on right now is, like, for those who have not had the privilege of joining us in our Patreon, again, patreon.com slash pod, we have a Discord, and it is lively mm -hmm. very much because of this person who's rubbing his hands like Birdman right here, Kayla Lamesser. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about this Montel character that you seem to be so universally connected with, perhaps oh. a variant of yours. We don't know if this is a Nexus event. A, a variant of mine? Oh, yes. <laughs> the, the, the darkest skin variant of Kayla Lamesser is, is Montel. <laughs> That's who the fuck Montel is. Now, I, I tell you what, Montel, or as I like to call him, a, a dark skin version of Tony Snell, uh, is it's my guy. Uh, that's, that's my guy first and foremost. Uh, but who the fuck he is, is really more tied to who the fuck he wants to be, which is he wants acceptance. He, he, he's, he's always searching for it on the backs of, Oh, speak of the devil. Oh, his camera's on the highest brightness right now. That's something. But, uh, oh, they, oh, they're... <laughs> we're hoping the timeline stays intact after creating this Nexus event. Wow. Wow. We uh, just added Montel to the chat. Uh, Montel, welcome to the uh, chat. Who the fuck is this guy here with his WNBA shirt? Um, What's up, guys? <laughs> Montel, we hope you uh, listen back on this podcast because just a few minutes before, uh, you got such a warm introduction from uh, Caleb <laughs> at this point. Caleb had a lot yeah. to say. Oh, um, boy. It's all I, love, Montel. <laughs> oh, I can't wait till I crash your guys' show and just show up everything, Caleb. I, I want you and Springthorpe to make this worst take thing happen so I can show up. And <laughs> well, like, the, but, the, the, they, I mean, I don't know. I think Springthorpe just made up the number himself, but I'm willing to go with, if we get like 100 patrons within like the next two months, we will make worst take happen. Okay. I like that. Montel like can that. be our Molly. You can be the mediator if you want to be. Oh, <laughs> trust me, I will fire <laughs> right now well before we go Way back into um, some marvel conversation montel do you i mean just to make it equal opportunity at this point do you want to share any thoughts that you have about your lovely uh interactions with caleb on the discord oh whew. i mean caleb caleb i will say this and the past couple months since you guys have started the patreon and we've been in discord this has been the funniest i've ever seen caleb in his life <laughs> the most backhanded compliment <laughs> it's literally like you uh i mean you guys 
I mean, you guys know the NBA, you know, that, that very lovely um, Tony Snell meme that's been going around where it's just mm-hmm. zeros across the board and 35 minutes played. Mm-hmm. That is Caleb on a regular basis. So <laughs> I'm so glad that's, that I'm so for, glad that you referenced I mean, Tony Snell him, I did earlier too. I mean, like, this is how I'm so sure these two are variants of each other that they are clowning each other with the same like mention of Tony. Yeah, Snell. But like, you, yeah, Montel, he made fun of you re- referring to Tony Snell as well. I think I, oh, I think I called you a dark skin Tony Snell. It's serendipitous. Well, I mean, Montel, welcome to uh, our mailbag here. Uh, we're gonna start start off really quickly. How did you feel about Loki uh, as a series? Um. I loved every single minute of it. Uh, mm-hmm. It was very enjoyable for me, just in terms of there, it had the least amount of action of the three shows, but at the same time, just the storytelling, um, just the character development for me, especially with Loki himself. And uh, I mean, I know we're going to get to um, episode six here shortly. And, uh, just the introduction of he who remains, but all of it was just amazing um so for me it's it's definitely my favorite of the three shows um so far um for I, I sure think, i think <laughs> jake ac and i would all agree with that um yeah. caleb are you sending in that boat too what's up would you say loki was your favorite of the three disney plus series or yeah i think i think i would i would go loki number one wandavision number two and Sonny from iRobot and Nigga Bird number three. That's probably where I sit. But but I mean that's just that's just me. That's what I was thinking. But that's just me. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. Something you got you got beef out, Jake. Sorry, Jake. I got to make that's you do okay. some work. It's okay. Um, but yeah, Montel. Uh, so uh, I I don't know if you came prepared for it. Uh, I think Jake asked you to. Do you have a question for us? Yeah, so, and I've been thinking about this pretty much since the last episode and just kind of with Loki and the way he opened himself up basically throughout this entire series only to have Sylvie just metaphorically stab him in the back. Granted, she did that much later. (laughs) She did some actual stabbing much later. Um, Love is a dagger. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, God. Great line. Um, (laughs) Like... Do you see Loki kind of reverting back to not necessarily a villain, but just more of the bad guy kind of as he as we progress further into phase four and as he makes these appearances across different you know shows and movies? That's a great question. It's funny because normally I would say no, um, uh, that he's not going to, you know, he's not going to be in a scenario where he's going to you know, immediately uh, change or digress from this. But I think this character is open-ended and gray enough that we could see moments of struggle. I think it's going to be very interesting in season two because rebounding off of this is, uh, you see him looking after he gets thrown out back into the to the new TVA and he's sitting there with that look on his face. And shout out to Tom Hiddleston for that look because that look was so depressing. I felt so bad for him in that moment. And but he still had the resolve to continue to go on and f- try and find Mobius, try and find B15 and try and tell them what's happening. But then, you know, only to find out the whole Kang scenario. So what I would look for in the next season is for him to have have these moments that could suggest that he would go that other way. And then instead, 
we see kind of this character continue the growth that it had in season one. I don't think you do what you did with his character development in season one without them following through on that going forward. So that that's be my uh, opinion on that. Yeah, I think that he could be more like, I think he's always still going to be generally doing good things. I think he sees the damage that messing up the timeline and all that can do. But I think he'll be more cold about it because I think that the lesson he took is not so much that being bad is good, but opening yourself up for feelings is bad. And so I think that he won't revert completely back to being like evil, but I think he could, will try to distance himself from any sort of interpersonal relationship because the one time he really opened himself up, it hurt him. Mm, I, I did not have that answer, but that is a really good point. I think because um, we really put Loki through the ringer this entire uh, season and like really just stripped him down. I think Loki moving forward is going to start having some fun again. I think that's where I'm kind of leaning toward. Like, he's obviously not going to, I don't see him going one way or another fully, but I think the whole point of what they said throughout this whole season was just, you know, not every good person is completely good and not every bad person is completely bad. I think Loki is going to show us like what an anti-hero really looks like and like having a fun time of it. So um, I think to that, <clears throat> sorry, uh, I think to that end, um, I don't, it's just really hard to see him really go one way or another just because, for them to do that, I think that has to be his final play, whichever way it goes. Like if he does like one truly heroic act, I think that's the true death of Loki. Or it could be the other way around that he goes fully villainous and somehow that turns into his undoing as well. Because I, I think we've now at this point built up so much for the character that it's just going to cheapen it to do another like Loki reversal at any point. Yeah, either way, it's a tragedy. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that was kind of my biggest thing also. It's just like, I don't think, like, you can't reverse that and just have them being, like, fully no, like, full-on villain again. Yeah. Um, but not necessarily, I think it's going to be, like, good deeds also. And then kind of the, one of the biggest things I'm looking forward to kind of as we progress is as he – I. I don't know where the story goes from here, but I assume that they're keeping him around in the MCU. I assume they're going to have him kind of doing this multiversal travel and like hit mm. like this specific Loki's relationships with like other characters in the MCU, how that progresses versus the one that we saw, um, you know, post. Maybe he like, goes through like a 12 steps Loki anonymous and he's just making amends with everyone. <laughs> at this point. That's going to be more than 12. <laughs> <It's been wild. laughs> I, I, if, if I could jump in on Montel's yeah, yeah, please. question, I, I, I'll, I'll use other, like the barometer of reality as a reference and how much uh, the community around both Loki and the MCU like Loki, the character, and like Tom Hiddleston. And I think that that's the, a, a measurement that he'll never go evil. Like he'll never be the big bad again. Like mm -hmm. he he wasn't the big bad in, in the Avengers, but he was presented as that at least you know for a little bit. Um, and so even if he's an anti-hero, he's not going to be irredeemable uh, moving forward. The same way that I don't know, like in the Office when Andy Bernard's supposed to be there for four episodes and they liked him, and right. so they wrote him back in, even though the ending he sucks in the He's last couple brilliant. seasons, but like, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, it, it, and so I, I think that that's something, but, um, but Loki is a character that it's it, it himself. I mean, what I hope, I don't know if this is going to be the case, but what I hope moving forward is that the TVA in some form of another stays 
kind of what he's doing and he it's like buddy cop with him and mobius uh, and i don't know if they can get owen yeah. wilson to 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 buy in and do that but i mean that's ideal that they're going on different invest i mean there's an infinite it's literally an infinite amount of things that they can do jumping yeah. from any point in time instantaneously that would be incredible that'd be so much fun the, the episode mm-hmm. when they're when he's dicking around it's in like Pompeii. almost like completely That's separate awesome. from like feeding into the larger narrative but just like an isolated like fun adventure in itself um, it, it's like every episode yeah. is a bottle episode basically right which is i mean i think can work with the the absurdity that the multiverse can be and then that also serves to get that to get said absurdity out of everybody's system so the main storylines throughout the phase four of the mcu can be and please keep this in in, in uh, uh, in relation to everything else, grounded in some sort of reality. You know, right. when we're talking about space gods that shoot lasers out of their hands, it's still grounded in some sort of reality. And so well, it's like Montel said, it's like this was the least action packed of the bunch. So it is kind of our breakaway, right? Um, yeah. the you know what the the random basketball analogy that came to mind for me is like season one Loki is season one LeBron on Miami. He gets to the end. He's str- like he comes, shows up. He's calling his championships. He's humbled by another blonde, um, and then wow. and then, show, and then like so. What we got to figure out is what he's gonna do next at this point. And, I mean, and in both situations, Carlos Arroyo is inexplicably there. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, no, that's a great question. I, I think that's. Because, like, especially for a lot of us going into the series of Loki, we had to ask ourselves, what's the point? Like, this, this guy's played out. And they gave us every reason to actually, like, care, not just care about what the character means and what to, like, the larger thing, but actually care a little bit about the character itself, which was impressive. I think that's a credit to, like, a lot of the Disney Plus stuff. I think that's how I felt about what they did, especially with Wanda uh, and Vision um, and caring for them that way. Uh, but, yeah, Montel, did you have anything to add to that? Yeah, and I think it's fascinating with this show in particular because of the three, um, this had the widest direction to go. Like, we knew WandaVision kind of had an end game. Like, I think everybody anticipated, like, it had to lead into Doctor Strange in some fashion. Like, um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, We kind of knew that, like, okay, it was going to be a one-off, but, like, their end, get, their end goal was almost an end game there. Um, their <laughs> end goal was to introduce, um, you know, Falcon as a new Captain America. Like, right. But this one, we had no idea what was going to happen. Um, and I think the way they kind of, the way they handled this series in season one, I think they nailed it. Yeah, yeah They did a good job of um, making it its own thing and then hitting us with this last episode which again i mean i said it last week that should not have worked in in a lot of ways it should not not have worked but you get a jonathan majors in there and he completely blows everybody off the screen and gives you exposition that explains everything that's happening and then you can kind of get through with a a magnetic performance like that so it would really help the show hit the landing well imagine what he could do with more than one week (laughs) ac you 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 hit on something that that's so important and unique for i mean i can't i'm I'm jogging my mind right now just to think of a a performance like this is jonathan majors performance was so good 
everything he did was basically exposition, which is, yeah, right. I, oh, I mean, yeah. I'm not, I, I'm certainly not a seasoned writer, but that's usually not what you want to do. You don't want to just exposit for 20 minutes Especially out of a 40 minute finale. episode. <laughs> yeah. Like that's not what we need. We do, I don't, it's, it's show and don't tell. Correct. Like that's mm-hmm. normally what you want to do. And he did a lot of telling pretty much all of it, but he was so captivating and not in a way it wasn't in a over the top, uh, uh, Jesse Eisenberg in, in the DCEU uh, <laughs> performance where you're just right. like, wow, this is ridiculous. What are we doing here? Right. It, it was, it's been, I've seen it compare, and this is a poor comparison, but people have compared it to similarly how Heath Ledger played the Joker. It's not the same in what he does yeah. and his mannerisms or anything like that, but in being a character that's unique, but not freakish and, 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 it stands out for the right reasons and not for just like, I think it's also the surprise that are there for of the, the two performances, right? Like, yeah. you know, you hear the character name in a Joker or a Kang, but you don't necessarily apply what, how you think it's going to be executed. And I think in both cases, while completely different performances, you're just left, like, you just don't know what to make of them. And yeah. you, yeah. I also think the thing that helps Jonathan Major's performance not just be exposition is because how Loki and Sylvie are taking in the information is also an important thing you're following. It's not just yeah. about like, it's not just about the audience learning it. You're tracking whether or not they believe him or not. And obviously it is all just the window dressing to make it interesting. And I think that that's kind of um, like, to some extent, I, I think that, uh, the show don't tell rule is very true but i think the reason why it's a rule is because most people don't realize that like like there's some things you need to tell and it's i think also a skill of a writer to be able to tell something in an interesting way because you could in theory i guess show the multiverse kind of but like the stuff they had to get through they at some point had to tell it they couldn't just show all of that and so like (laughs) i think that like what what separates like a good writer from a great writer i think is someone who when they have to tell something it doesn't feel boring great point well, gentlemen, um, we're going to have to send you guys back to your respective universes. But before you before you head off, like since you made it all the way here to the Citadel, do you have any parting words for each other before you meet back in in the Discord? Oh, boy. For each other? Uh, no, it's, it's all love. I, I, I appreciate <laughs> the playful banter that, that Montel and I have. Um, we, we've uh, we've known each other virtually for a while, and uh, as yeah. uh, as all of us here on, on kind of have and interacted, but um, mm. I I don't want to speak for Montel, but I'm I, I will a little bit and say that uh, I think we're really really excited and proud of you guys with MC University Pod. Thank you. Uh, Thank everything you. y'all are doing is great. Yeah. It's it's good. I'm I really love the MCU. I'm not a huge comic book reader, so you guys kind of help me go on deep dives and make the MCU and Marvel in general more accessible, um, which is nice. Um, so I can, I can nerd out every so often too. Um, and, you know, watch, uh, you know, go on, go on binge watches and things like that. So, so I appreciate Thank you guys. You, Caleb. That's, that's Even, really nice. Thank you very much. For real. For real. I, I, I mean all that. Um, and, you know, Montel, I even appreciate you. So, you know, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. well, um, like I said, not it, it's like I said. Do do appreciate Caleb. It, it's fun ripping on him every once in a while. Um, I'm I'm sure when he gets up here, he'll give us some giant like coach speak um, that he gives to his <laughs> high schoolers. Um, no coach not, speak but, here. 
<laughs> but not seeing you guys grow from just doing movie recaps and trying to make Thor the Dark World interesting, which <laughs> credit to you guys. <laughs> we tried. I don't know if we did. We weren't successful. We tried. I mean, it's definitely not the worst MCU movie. <laughs> uh, Sprinkler's going to listen to this and strangle no, me. If I, I, if I remember correctly, Caleb actually had it the highest of anyone. I think yeah, Caleb had it like 17. 17. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a uh, solid Tom Hiddleston performance. You get a fun, terrible Anthony Hopkins performance. Uh, 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 Chris O'Dowd is good. Like, it, it, come on. It's, it's all yeah, right. Anyway, we're not going to relitigate this. But, but, uh, <laughs> no, no, we're not relitigating this. We're Dark World conversation in this overall like, podcast <laughs> than like, I think anyone has ever intended on. No, nah, but, uh, but, nah, <laughs> <laughs> but seeing well, you guys grow from, from that to, I mean, am I allowed to say? Or, and no, you guys dropped yeah. this already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's from, actually from, from, from the beginning of this episode. episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So from, yeah, from growing from that to interviewing the director of Loki, uh, which is amazing and everything yeah. in between, um, you guys are, are crushing it and killing it. Thank you. Um, I, yeah, we'll continue to support you guys and we'll interact on the Discord. But, it means a uh, lot, man. Yes. Yeah, you've been with us. You guys have been with us for a while, so we want yeah. to Thank have you. Yeah, this no, little uh, setup for you. But it was also just to show you guys love to have you guys on as like our first mailbag guests as patrons. And definitely, definitely. Um, well, oh yeah, definitely obviously, guys, that. drop the ads. Where can people find you? Um, well, you guys can find me on Twitter at MontelDG. I basically retweet everything that's funny, um, <laughs> especially Baby um, AC um shout out shout out to caleb um that oh, is yeah, caleb tremendous. Me with photoshop. Um, oh wow yeah that photoshop was <laughs> photoshop's still on foot um follow me on uh yeah. i think that might have to be the podcast for, for the smell. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah twitter's my main platform i mean i have an instagram mg4295 on on instagram if you guys are you know want to follow me there also um but i appreciate you guys having me on thank you for being part of this caleb uh, for me, uh, Twitter is really the only thing that I use. Uh, my personal accounts at Caleb Landmesser, uh, all one word, obviously, no no spaces or underscore or anything. Um, I everything I do is all about jokes. Uh, try to be pretty irreverent. Um, I do have a pod. If you, if you're interested, uh, it's uh, let them know. It's at Pick and Rolls Pod. That's R O L E S. Uh, it's uh, it equates. Uh, it takes TV shows, movies, things like that, and equates them, the characters, to uh, what athletes uh, that they uh, equate to. It's pretty nice. fun. And uh, I took a little bit of a hiatus, but we got a couple more episodes coming back out soon. Who, so who is your out. top athlete character uh, comp that you've put together in your mind? Hmm. I may, <laughs> I, I made the – you guys familiar with Westworld? Yeah. Yes. Um, All yeah, right. Yeah. So – so for Westworld, I had uh, the man in black uh, is, and I try to stay away from greatest of all time, you know, players, mm -hmm. but I, I made that Michael Jordan. Uh, and just wow. because. Wow, high praise. It, well, it's, okay. it's high, it's not really though, because the man in black is a complete lunatic. Right. Uh, and so Which, my, yeah. Michael Jordan, <laughs> Michael Jordan climbed to the top of his industry. So man in black, mm -hmm. uh, William, if, uh, if you will, if you want to go by his, what he's known as a former mm -hmm. life. Um, it climbed to the top of industry, a titan of industry, he calls himself. Uh, mm. But along the way, enters he basically... the game seeming very innocent to begin with, too. Which, like, well, is and... what we could say about Jordan as well. 
and 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 from the outside looking in is a philanthropist everybody mm-hmm. loves him they think that he's the greatest that he he's had such a positive impact on the world but his like just a hot knife through butter everybody in his personal life like a complete <laughs> psychopath like the, like jordan wearing the headphones not listening to any music bopping to his head you know like that's right. what it is and so and that's what william is and so we do things like that and nice. um and, and equate different things have different like best tv roles and stuff like that it's just we do a lot of fun stuff so it's a it's a pretty fun pod if you like things like this um you know uh listy type things it's fun awesome. spoiler alert everything comes back to taylor swift okay well it does. It does. I, 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 it does. But that, that all being said, I will say, I, 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 all, all four of you are certainly invited to be guests if you would like to be. Thank you. Sounds wonderful. Thank you. Hey, count me in. When and where, sir? When and where? Unless you guys give me a show or movie, that's what we'll do. Perfect. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining and being our first guests on the mailbag. We'll see you guys soon. Yeah, man. Bless. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. All right. Well, oh, oh, Jerome, we we had a we had a last minute question. Okay. This one of one of our homies, uh, obviously friend of the show, Dalbeen Osorio. Dalbeen Osorio. Well, we can't we can't close this out with uh, dismissing Dalbeen. What does he have for us? Yes, he has a two-part question. He goes, one, what do you think was the moment in the MCU that caused big Nate Dog Richards to not be able to see what was going to happen, a.k.a. the threshold? And number two, which version of Kang are y'all most excited to see? Ooh, that's a good question. Good job, Delby. The, with the second well, one, the answer is whatever has him looking like blue, like the comics and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, well, if, and, and that would be Conqueror do that at that point? Uniform should be interesting. What's yeah. That? Like that would be the Conqueror, right? At that point? Yeah, yeah. that would be the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. If I had to pick a second one, uh, the Scarlet Centurion, because the, the, he, looks, he looks very buff. So I want to okay. see, uh, see how that scenario works out. Um, as far as number one. Yeah, hit us, AC. All right. So... I think the thing that probably, and I think this is why the why how time works in 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 the TVA and the void at the end of time is interesting. I'm gonna take a guess and say that whatever Wanda did when she became the Scarlet Witch, uh, okay, was one of the things that caused the threshold that that didn't allow him to see beyond what was gonna happen. I'm gonna take that stab in the dark and say it was Wanda. Okay. Okay. Do we want to put any stock into uh, Steve Rogers uh, trying to tap that and not go back to present time? <laughs> I, you know, there's a part of me that always wonders whether they will follow through on that at mm-hmm. some point. I feel like that thread was left open for a reason. I feel like eventually, and they be and they call it out enough times in Loki, not to say that like it's like. This isn't an Easter egg. This isn't a planting, mm-hmm. but kind of to how we've described or how we view a lot of what's going on and what you just said here, I, I think it leaves an opening. Yes. Yeah, it most certainly does. So I wouldn't be surprised either way. But that's a good question, Dalbeen. Good on, Thank good you, Dalbeen. Actually, we do have one final question. That's really for Jake more than anyone else. Jesse Peretz at uh, Jay Peretz on Twitter asks, why did we not get to see Mobius on a jet ski? <laughs> because the world isn't fair. 
because there's just no happiness. No, I uh, um, because there's season two of Loki, season two as well, and we need something to look forward to. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, honestly, great day for the pod. Yeah, uh, I, I've had such a fun time uh, all day with you guys, but there is there it has to end at some point, and we're gonna end it here. Uh, Jake, where can people find you? You can follow me on Twitter at the Jake Christie. Listen to my other podcast, No Funk and Strictly Monk, and with me and Andre Barrera talk about the USA Network original series Monk. We're in season seven now, almost done. All right. And do, did you have a series next in mind or? No, we're definitely gonna take a break because it is a lot right. to do two episodes a week. Yeah, yeah. That you, you, you've been really uh, hustling through that. Um, AC. You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Canton underscore three. Um, check out any of my written work at murphysmultiverse.com. Wrote some open questions for season two of Loki. Mm-hmm. What can we look forward to? And uh, what's actually, one you, open question that we can te- put out to the fans to get them to read in further? Oh, I think the I think the Ravona situation and mm-hmm. that timeline where B fifteen finds her. Uh, that 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 that's we one is interesting. The one in twenty eighteen, like where does that go? Is 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 something that I take a look at. Good shout. And uh, you can find me at Black Dragon Roll. You can find this podcast at MC University Pod on Twitter. And of course, we have our Patreon once again, patreon.com slash MC University Pod. Thank you everyone for listening, supporting, rating, reviewing, subscribing, all the things. Um, you know, big shout out to Caleb and um, Montel for joining us on this and their kind, kind words. But like, uh, it's it's been a surreal day and we really appreciate all of you and so thank you again that. kate heron that yes, was yes absolutely very thank much you, so yes it was a blast thank you um all right you have a good one Bye.